Welcome to Export Stories, a podcast featuring first-person insights from the wide and sometimes crazy world of U.S. exporting. Your host for Export Stories is Betsy Olam, president of Olam International, a U.S.-based export management company. Betsy has made a 37-year career of developing global sales and distribution for U.S. companies. Like you, she loves great stories. You don't have to be an exporter to enjoy the stories we're going to share with you each month. We're so glad you've joined us. Now, here is Betsy to introduce today's podcast. Hello, bonjour, hola, konnichiwa, nihao, machaben, namaste, and shalom. Welcome to Export Stories 2022. I'm your host, Betsy Olam, and thanks so much for joining us today. What if you could take garbage and refuse and unwanted rubbish and muck, and instead of burying it in the ground, you turned it into clean energy? Would you do it? Well, we can and we should. And my guest today is Vincent Harkins, CFO of Landera Inc., with whom I can't wait to discuss today's topic, waste to energy. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Bobby Lahare, founder and CEO of Spoken Here Language Services. We're in the business of building better relationships worldwide. Every great relationship is rooted in great communication, and great communication starts with Spoken Here. We envision a planet where differences in language do not keep people from building deep and meaningful connections with one another. Our passion for and expertise in foreign languages help our business clients enter new markets, strengthen their brand, and grow. Spoken Here is an ISO 9001 certified company delivering on-demand remote interpreting, translation, and voiceovers in more than 300 languages. With linguistic experts in over 80 countries, we are well positioned to meet the demanding foreign language needs of our clients in a rapidly changing global economy. Our clients span many industries, including healthcare, manufacturing, marketing, legal, and nonprofit social services, to name just a few. We translate websites, contracts, product packaging, installation manuals, marketing materials, and much more. If your project calls for audio in another language, our professional voiceover talents can make you sound great anywhere. And our trained remote interpreters can facilitate conversations with your employees, customers, and patients who do not speak your language. We believe our language services are the best in the world, but we feel it is our team that truly makes the difference. Our core values of putting people first, valuing authenticity, and striving to deliver a wow experience to everyone we work with have guided us in creating a culture of quality, integrity, and excellence. If you are ready to build better relationships with the people your business values most, we'd love to hear your story and how we can help you write the next chapter. Visit us today at Spoken-Here.com. Spoken Here, building better relationships worldwide. Without further ado, let me introduce Vince Harkins. Hello, Vince. Welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon, Betsy. Thank you. I appreciate your inviting me to do this, and I'm looking forward to uh, our discussions here over the next couple of minutes. Well, as you know, we've known each other for a few years, and um, I'm just very enthusiastic about what you're doing. And um, so we're going to dig into this topic uh, that's a little bit of a pun, but first we'd like to know a little bit about your background and how, how you 
came to help found Landera. Great. Well, thank you again. And, and so my background, uh, it's interesting, you know, I'll just step back for when you and I met, I don't want to put the dates out there and how much time, but it has been in excess of 10 years uh, that you and I met in Memphis. Um, yes. Amazing how time flies. But so my background, uh, I spent most of my career with Alcoa. Uh, I managed, uh, my background is finance. So I was in the financial aspects of it for half of my career. And then the second half was in uh, management positions, um, doing export business. We, I was with a division that did aluminum buildings around the world. So we designed and engineered buildings. And uh, in addition to the, the management, the financial, I did so, controlled some of the export part of it. So I had the, the, the opportunity to go on um, vessels that are used to carry our containers across the ocean. Mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning, we did a lot of exporting from the U.S. to all parts of the world. And then as uh, things changed, you know, there was some outsourcing done in, in conjunction with what came from North America. But sure. uh, it was exciting and, and uh, yeah. great opportunity. So in, um, so I, I spent 32 years with Alcoa. When I retired, I did some consulting and I was meeting with a gentleman in Windsor, Canada about some aluminum buildings actually. And he started telling me about a technology that he was involved with, uh, basically housed in Tennessee. And the technology was taking waste products and converting it into activated carbon. And they had ideas of doing a lot of different things, including municipal solid waste and lots of other ways. So mm -hmm. 2014, I, uh, I joined them and um, became a partner in the business. Uh, they were located in Dyersburg at that time, which was right. uh, just north of Memphis, right? Correct. And um, just started learning that business. So I changed my hat completely from uh, aluminum to waste. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of ironic because part of our business is, of course, supporting and doing as much recycling as you can. But and aluminum obviously is a component that can be recycled a lot, right, right. but everything else that can't be, uh, there needs to be a, a better use of it. And that's what intrigued me to get involved with uh, the company. So when we first started, our, our, the business company was called Carbon Black Global. And that entity still remains today. <laughs> and we were, uh, we became involved with uh, another investor in 2018. And then we started splitting up our focus on industrial waste and municipal solid waste. And we chose the name Landera uh, as our company name for the municipal solid waste component of it. I see. So, um, we, so most of our business activity now is focused on getting rid of municipal solid waste around the world under Landera. Uh, and, and Carbon Black Global is kind of a, a hold co where we keep our patents and uh, you know, some of the, the equipment development and some of the design work is still done under that uh, business entity. But Landera is the marketing arm for um, selling our waste energy systems. I see. Okay. So, yeah. so the, the, the last part of that is we move from the western part of Tennessee to the eastern part close to uh, Chattanooga in 2015. Uh -huh. And that's where we are right now and, and have okay. been since then. Oh, Okay. Okay, cool. Well, I think the idea of waste to energy has been around for a while, hasn't it? I mean, the concept. It has. There, there's a lot of uh, technologies, uh, equipment that's out there that processes uh, waste. Uh, incineration is obviously a large one where you can take waste and put it in an incinerator and it produces a significant amount of uh, steam and or electricity. 
Right. Um, and, and and there's other means of processing waste, not only municipal solid waste, but other biomass and other waste, and using it to make electricity or steam or heat. Right. So yes, the concept's been around forever. And um, I mean, there was incineration in the seventies, wasn't there? Oh yes. Yeah, incineration goes back um, even before that, you know, in different yeah. forms. And it's yeah. been continually improved uh, right. in that it's, you know, becomes more efficient. Uh, it has a better reduction of emissions. However, most of the technologies, you know, still do have both emissions and require energy to uh, process the waste. Right, right. Um... So and and so not to simplify the concept too much, but I'm going to anyway. Basically, the idea is to remove as many recyclable, uh, sort you know, uh, uh, materials materials as possible and recycle them, and then turn everything else into convert everything else into energy as as you just stated it's i guess it's still not possible to a hundred percent you know convert everything to energy there will be some sort of uh residual material is, is that true exactly yes you're you're exactly right and we again we do support recycling 110 percent and yeah. you know everything that can be recycled should be and, and again uh we, we will do everything we can to do that the problem is, as everybody knows, there's one of the biggest problems is plastics. There just isn't a, a very good way to recycle all plastics. So yeah. they are, you know, all over the world in, in different places and or in landfills, uh, you know, getting ready to be landfilled. And um, companies, different companies have been uh, started to try to come up with solutions for that. And um, and there's other waste that just can't be recycled. Yeah. So what we focus on with our technology is taking waste that currently is going into a landfill. So every community is different. Some communities recycle a lot more than others, but ultimately you have a lot of waste that's still going into landfills. Yes. And um, with our technology, instead of having a landfill, you would have a plant, a land era plant, sitting either on the property where there is a landfill mm -hmm. or perhaps somewhere near that or not even close to it. It could be in the, you know, on the outskirts of the city. And instead of, um, trucks taking the waste and dumping it in the landfill, you would take it to one of our plants and that would then be processed. And basically we have the statistics that show that up to 95% of the volume of MSW that would come into our plant, basically it is processed and eliminated. You end up with 5% of the waste. Wow. So 95% of it is diverted. Wow. And, and the 5% is what you're referring to, the, the, the residuals that are left over, the residue. And it's uh, primarily a form of carbon, uh, some ash. You know, you, you do end up with actually some materials after our process that can also be recycled. Uh, a good example is a rubber tire. Okay. You can, take, you can take a rubber tire without doing anything to it and putting it into our process. Uh -huh. And uh, at the end of our process, you have steel rings sitting there that can be recycled. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. And, and there's a lot of energy in a rubber tire, a lot of BTU power. And we like the BTUs. That's what generates the heat that enables us to be able to uh, produce electricity, either through steam 
or um, through organic rank and cycle generators. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the high level view of uh, what our technology does. So you have the product of electricity at the end of the process. Does that go directly into the grid? Could that be transferred? Say there's a big plant near your plant, uh, some kind of industry, and they put out waste, they send the waste over to your plant, you create electricity. Can you send the electricity back to that plant? I mean, how does that, yeah. how can that yes, work? Yes, you can, you can. It's, uh, I think the, the terminology in the electrical industry is it's uh, behind the fence rather than going to the grid. So our, our system and our output is very flexible. We can either go directly to the grid Mm -hmm. And or we can go behind the fence and, and, you know, sell it directly to a manufacturer or an adjacent piece of property. So the, the model that we have in all cases, our goal is to produce certainly enough electricity to power our plant so that we're not using any electricity to, to, power, to, to run our plant. Right. right. We are using, uh, you know, a, a source of, uh, of energy to start the process sure. for a short time. But you know, once it gets going, it will be producing electricity more than enough to run our plant. And then what's left over, depending upon the size of the plant, can be sold to the grid and or to a, um, you know, a select industry that may want to buy the electricity. I see. Okay. Uh, and is that very complicated to transfer the electricity outside of the grid? I mean, to another entity that's not the grid? No, not really. I mean, we work, we would be working with the, uh, the local utility company, you know, whoever, depending upon where we are, like in, in Tennessee, where our, our current R&D center is located, we have a fully operational plant, you know, we would work with uh, the local power authority or the local mm -hmm. utility company, and um, they would be responsible for providing a lot of the equipment, and then we would be responsible for getting into their equipment, basically, awesome. and that, that same model would be replicated wherever we build a plant. Okay, so, um, your technology, is there a specific name you give to your technology that's besides waste energy, but is there a, a name that you give to this type of technology you've developed? What it is, and, and what we, we have a, a, a patented process. We've actually patented um, a number of different options that our systems can do. So we have a patent for the activated carbon part of it. Uh, we have a patent for what we describe as engineered carbon, and those patents are primarily focusing on taking uh, waste hardwood materials and converting them into a pure form of carbon, Okay. whether it's a biochar or it's a carbon that would be used in an industry and, and ultimately could become activated carbon. Um, and then we have um, the patents on the MSW side of it, which is unique to that particular process. Okay. So we, we have, so we, we refer to it as, um, I mean, quite frankly, it is a, it's a waste energy system, but our patented um, definition or title does vary based upon what we're processing, okay. but um, we're, we're basically using a, uh, a thermal conversion process to reduce the waste to um, uh, another form, which is basically carbon and or ash. Okay. Uh, but so... So just to step back and, and kind of outline the process itself, um, and, and we'll focus on the MSW side of it. Yeah. You would have a land air plant, as I mentioned, sitting either next to a landfill or in another location. The yeah. 
MSW would be brought to our location. It would be put in the, taken into the inside of the building, put into a pit, and then it would be picked up and baled in plastic bales. We'll have baling equipment that'll sit there and it'll compact it and basically seal it in plastic. And then that particular bale is put into a steel canister and then the steel canister goes into an autoclave. So we have a pressurized environment that we're processing the waste. Uh, that differentiates us from really any other technology, uh, you know, particularly incineration. So within this controlled vessel, this autoclave, we're able to control the uh, processing of the waste. And it basically starts off with a, uh, an initial uh, initiation process that starts the um, thermal conversion by doing about a 15 to 20 minute um, ignition that gets the process started. Then you turn off your fuel source, your alternative fuel source, and it basically processes itself with the, the heat and the BTUs that are started in that initial startup. Mm-hmm. And then that goes on for anywhere from uh, four hours to eight hours, depending upon how long you want to process it. And we can control that ourselves by the airflow that's going through the autoclave. Okay. So you're in a, a low oxygen environment, so you don't really ever have combustion. Again, that's another part that differentiates us. The materialist process, once it's done, you end up with uh, the 5% that you started with, in essence, up to 5%. And that is um, post-processed through a magnetic uh, separator. You take out any metals that you can take out, your ferrous and non-ferrous metals. And then what's left over is what ultimately could go to a landfill and or to some other application. I got you. And that's quite a bit less. So um, the process, again, you know, or the goal of the process is to divert waste, to reduce it significantly, and to take the energy that you're getting from that to make, you know, to take the heat to make either steam and or you heat up um, another source like oil or water to make electricity and or to use the heat itself. And um, that's your electricity component of it. Well, to me, it's a no brainer. But, uh, you know, it's just amazing that it's still taking time for more of the world to embrace the concept. I know it's really cheap to stick stuff in the ground, especially like in the U.S., but um, let's talk about, there's some topics that I want us to cover today. Let's start with environmental sustainability. Tell me... Can you explain to me what that means to you? It's, it's an excellent um, topic. And so when, when we look at um, environmental sustainability, our goal is to come up with a solution um, that protects the environment, that improves the environment conditions, basically for the, uh, for the longevity, for the longevity of the plant mm-hmm. or for the longevity of our process. So it's a solution that will continue to work for many, many years and continue to improve the, um, the conditions that are currently negatively impacting the environment. Okay. So from our process, the amount of mission, emissions that come from it mm-hmm. are very minimal. You know, we are, again, yeah. we're in the state of Tennessee. We're regulated by air permits issued by the Tennessee uh, TDEC, Envir- the, the Environmental and Conservation right. Department. And right. We, we've tested our materials uh, ourselves 
in-house and we've also tested our, uh, I say materials, sorry, our, our emissions. Right. We tested it in-house as well as third-party uh, uh, testers. And we found consistently that our emissions are up to 94% less than what we're permitted. Wow. So it's, it's a significant reduction of greenhouse gases, which is you know, a combination of, uh, you're talking about MSW, it's CO2, methane, and, and other um, greenhouse gases. Right. So with our technology, you know, what we advertise and promote is that we are reducing emissions going into the air by up to 99% compared to other technologies and compared to landfilling. So environmental sustainability uh, is improved when you can do what we're doing, basically eliminate the emissions yeah. that are going into the air. And uh, so, you know, when we look at a landfill, um, landfills generate greenhouse gases in the form of primarily methane and, and, and some CO2, but th they'll do that from pretty much 20 years from the time you put waste into a landfill. Yes. Um, you know, many landfills are extremely, most of them, I should say, are, are very clean. They're well-kept. Some of them are, you know, they capture the methane that's coming out of there and use it to produce electricity. Right. Uh, and, and, or it's just captured and burned off or, you know, it's used to heat hospitals and universities and businesses. So yeah. um, having said that, there still are some greenhouse gases and, and emissions that are going to go into the atmosphere. So our philosophy is if you stop fueling that source, if you stop putting waste in landfills, right. you're going to improve that problem. And, and right. that's, again, one of the advantages of our technology. And then if you can take the process, our process, and produce right. electricity, Many locations are still producing electricity from petroleum-based sources, you know, from diesel. Right. Um, coal is still used in many places. And then you have, right. uh, you know, the, the advantage of getting uh, hydroelectric uh, production, and then you have nuclear. So there's a lot of right. sources. But, you know, if you can um, subsidize or replace production of electricity um, by, you know, replace using diesel as an example. Right. Uh, if you don't use diesel generators and you can produce it from waste, then you're not emitting emissions from the diesel that's running to make electricity. And we're not emitting anything from processing the uh, um, steam turbine or the organic right. rank and cycle generator at that stage. So, so we promote that we're uh, you know, reducing greenhouse gases if you take all that into consideration right. the 99% of what's happening today. Right. Well, I mean, not to make it too simple, but even with new technologies that are, as you say, they're uh, the landfills. They have they are able to use some of the the emissions to turn into energy from the landfill, the methane and whatever. It's still in the land, and that land has waste in it and and garbage, and you know so. Yes. Am I, am I missing something? But there's the choice of not putting it in the land or putting it in the land. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and the good news is, you know, many locations feel the same way you do and I do. You know, they don't want to continue putting waste into the ground and they don't want to um, continue to expand landfills and taking up more, you know, useful land. Right. Uh, it's getting, you know, as communities are growing all over our country and quite frankly, right. the world, you right. know, there's less and less land available. And it's more and more of a problem. And 
and there are long-term, excuse me, challenges from landfills, you know, the, yeah. the leachate that comes out of it, which can contaminate the ground. What um, is that again? Say that again. The leachate. It's referred to as leachate. It's basically, you know, the liquid that is um, eventually accumulates and develops from uh, the waste decomposing. Right. Okay. It, it, when it decomposes, you end up with uh, emissions that go into the air and you end up with liquid that ends up in the ground. Okay. Okay. So by, again, eliminating the putting waste into landfills and, and continuing to use landfills, there's certainly some advantages. And, and the cost of uh, maintaining and building new landfills uh, is expensive, and it gets more and more expensive every year. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Are you able to compare some of the attitudes, I would say, in the U.S. about about waste energy versus attitudes in other parts of the world? Have you kind of see, I mean, is there a way to compare? Well, yes. I mean, you know, I think in all fairness, I would say that the U.S. has um, made some, uh, I'll just call it good progress. You know, the U.S. is recognizing the problem. Um, the, the current administration, even the prior administration, saw that there were issues and, you know, green energy is a focus right now. Yeah. And um, you know, not continuing to have a problem of uh, emissions from landfill is, is part of the solution. And mm -hmm. renewable energy is a big initiative right now within our country. If you go to Europe, I would say they're even more focused on renewable energy and uh, limiting the use of landfills. And uh, you know, even in some countries, there's more of a focus on uh, limiting the use of incinerators. Incineration plants, you know, again, have improved a lot over the years and uh, the emissions that are coming out are less and less. However, there are locations that don't want to continue doing that. I think so, uh, from some of my experience, it seems that incineration has a bad connotation that goes back to, you know, the 70s or 60s or whatever. Even if, even if it is a better process, there's still a, a mindset about that term, I think, too. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is true. And, um, you know, we, we welcome and, and look for opportunities where we can bring our technology to a community that's considering, let's say, putting in incineration or yeah. perhaps expanding it. You know, given the opportunity to come in and show what our technology can do, you know, what the footprint looks like, what the investment looks like, and what the long-term um, benefits or comparative benefits may be, you know, we feel fairly confident that uh, it is certainly a technology that would be considered by uh, that particular community. The, does it, uh, does it yeah. fit larger municipalities versus smaller municipalities or not necessarily? Well, again, from our, with our technology, it's completely scalable. So we can, we can put in a small plant up to a, a much larger plant. Incineration typically is on a larger scale. Yeah. Uh, it, it is not uh, as scalable as our technology is. Oh, okay. You know, we're, we're looking at uh, a 100 ton per day plant close to where we have our plant now in Tennessee mm -hmm. near, uh, near Chattanooga in a, in a community mm -hmm. called Dunlap. And that would be considered a small scale plant, but it's 100 tons a day that would be processed. And again, you know, it, when we build this plant, it'll be designed to, the, uh, to be able to expand it 
even double or go four times that if you needed, if you needed to process that much waste. In a larger community, such as Nashville, they would need a plant that probably is processing five or 600 tons per day okay. or more. Okay. And, and again, we can do that with our plant. It's a matter of uh, taking it and doing it four or five times uh, the size of what you would have with a 100 ton plant. Interesting. And, and when you do that, you're getting rid of a lot more waste and you've got the ability to make a lot more electricity, right. which uh, is what makes our, our plants, uh, I like to refer to it as being bankable. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the, the bills are paid by basically tipping fees, which are currently what people pay to put waste in a landfill. Right. And, and then by selling electricity, uh, hopefully you can sell it at a price that you're covering your cost and making a profit on. And, you know, depending upon where you locate, um, some areas are more difficult to do that because they have excess electricity uh, compared to other areas that don't have excess electricity and you can make more money. But um, so, so the tipping fee, just to uh, digress a minute, the tipping fee is what the producer of the waste pays the trucker to remove the waste and take it to the landfill, right? Yeah, well, basically, yes. Yeah. So, so a community that, uh, as an example, a community that collects the waste from the citizens and okay. takes it to a landfill, when they get to the landfill, they're going to pay this tipping fee to dump the truck into the landfill. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. And then a commercial carrier of, uh, of waste does the same thing. You know, they go okay. from, from their transfer stations or for wherever they're collecting it. And uh, when they take it to the landfill, it's always weighed and you're paying for that. And that's what's referred to as a tipping fee. So if it, if it comes to your plant instead of a landfill, then you pay a tip, your plant pays a tipping fee. Well, the, the, comp, the same company- Oh no, they pay you a tipping will pay fee. me, right, they'll right, pay right, us they the pay tipping you. Okay. Right. So, so, so it's a revenue source. Right, it's a revenue source. And, and okay. you know, so tipping fees historically, um, particularly in, the, I'll say the last five years, have grown pretty significantly depending upon where you are. Uh, and a lot of that is because of the cost of maintaining landfills. And you know, there's regulations now that are much more stringent and tipping fees are, are growing um, significantly year on year in, in many communities. It, it's a broad range. I mean, tipping fees, if you, you know, I, I get statistics from uh, uh, the um, department, EPA does statistics, the Department of Energy gives statistics. And they range from like $30 per ton up to $250 a ton Goodness. in the U.S. That's a huge range. It, it is. That's it's amazing. Range, so. You get into Canada and Europe and you're talking about uh, ranges that start over $100 and go up even higher than the $250 that we pay. Yeah, I would think, um, I would think given the situation right now in the world with this war in Ukraine and the pressure on oil prices, I would hope that municipalities and countries around the world are starting to consider more of these sustainable options such as waste energy. I, I, that's just my hope. What do you, do you it, think it's that's, that's happening? It, it's mine as well and it is happening, yes. You know, again, getting back to our current administration, in the previous administration, there were some changes um, that were made. As an example, here in the US, you know, there's been an investment tax credit that's available to producers of renewable energy through wind and solar for, for quite a few years. Uh -huh. And um, 
in, in 2019, in addition to that, waste to energy was actually added. Good. Uh, so to, to a certain extent. So it's um, there's different designations of uh, how that's classified, but waste, heat and power, combined heat and power, those are all considered uh, as a, uh, an acceptable source of renewable energy. And this investment tax credit is applicable to that. So with our technology, that is an advantage for us today that wasn't a number of years ago. So, so the, the, the US, uh, as I said earlier, Europe even more so are definitely taking it seriously and, and putting incentives out there for companies like ours to develop technologies that will help with all this. And uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah as, as the communities become you know, less and less willing to expand landfills and look for different uh, options, mm -hmm. companies like ourselves um, you know, will, will be available to hopefully provide solutions that are um, attractive to these communities and will be there for you know, 25, 30, even yep. uh, 40 years, quite frankly, with, uh, without wow. any real problems. What about some other markets around the world, Asia, Africa, Latin America? Are you seeing any interest uh, growing in those areas as well? We are. Yeah, we're, we're excited about our activity currently um, in, uh, in Europe. You mentioned Europe, but we have, yeah. uh, we've had a lot of dialogue now for a few years and uh, making great progress. We, we think that we could get into some, uh, some very serious contract discussions um, hopefully this first half of, of this year, first half of 2022, we'll see what happens. Right. We've also had a lot of dialogue in the Caribbean, um, the South Pacific, just quick aside on the South Pacific, uh, one of the first uh, international trips I made after joining uh, Carbon Black Global, uh, currently Landera, was uh -huh. my partner and I went to the South Pacific to a small island of Tonga, to the kingdom of Tonga. And uh, interesting case study, which really fascinated me was uh, the majority of their power comes from diesel generators running all the time. Wow. Their landfills are full. Their one landfill is full. Their second one at the time that I went there was getting full. Right. And they were looking for a solution to both problems. You know, how do we continue? How do we stop continuing to bury our waste? And how do we use renewable energy or come up with renewable energy instead of burning diesel? Right. right. So our technology uh, was a very interesting solution to okay. both problems, uh, yeah. long-term, short-term. And we're still talking to them, quite frankly. Actually, um, you know, they were recently, recently hit with a, a volcano. I was which, thinking they were the, yes, that's yes. right, yes. Uh, you know, unfortunately, obviously to, for them and for our discussions, things were delayed a little bit. Of course. But uh, I think there's a very good chance that they will consider our technology this year as well. That would be great. Um, just uh, as an aside, is that volcano still erupting, or is it? Uh... No, no, it's it 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 did stop after uh, a couple of days of, uh, of I think twice it erupted, and then they had uh, quite a few uh, eruptions afterwards, or or wow. um, you know some uh, indications afterwards. But they're recovering and uh, trying to get back to normal. We have dialogue with uh, a representative that works for us over there. And um, their, their problem of, of waste handling even became more challenged after all this ash landed all over their island. So we're, again, as I mentioned, we think um, our contract, or contract discussions could hopefully advance with them as well. That's exciting. And, and the uh, other part- Yeah, go ahead. The, sorry, the other place kind of in that uh, part of the world is in Singapore. We've had some dialogue with oh. uh, people in Singapore. The, uh, 
the group that's very uh, basically the comparable group to the EPA uh, in, in Singapore has had the discussion with us, and um, that's ongoing as well. So, you know, we, while we look at North America as a huge market, obviously for us, we are excited about export opportunities um, to the point where my partners and I have looked at, you know, what is it going to take to uh, export one of our processing units, which is a large autoclave, right, uh, from, from the from North America to these various locations and right that uh allowed me to get back into my exporting days and uh yeah. do, do some research on uh, flat rack containers and uh oh yeah it's been, it's been kind of neat but um exciting it's exciting so yeah so we're 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 looking at uh export opportunities as well as domestic and um we, we think 2022 is going to be pretty exciting from that standpoint I sure hope so. That's that is wonderful. Well, we'd love to hear some others. You have any other stories that have to do with export that you'd like to share with us? Yes. So another uh, <laughs> trip, which was kind of a uh, another fascinating application for a technology, uh, was again my partner, the same one, and I went to Churchill, Manitoba, which is uh, you know one extreme from the Kingdom of Tonga, which is very warm and beautiful islands. Yeah. to the Arctic Circle, basically, uh, oh, wow. the northern tip of Manitoba, which is very cold uh, almost year-round. They do have a, a pleasant summer, I think, but, you know, it's, it's considered the polar bear capital of the world. Wow. And uh, so we went up there to talk to that community of Churchill about using our technology to process their waste, because it's very uh -huh. difficult. You can appreciate, uh, oh, yeah. you know, getting rid of waste in basically a uh, Frozen uh, the ice tundra. cap, frozen yeah. tundra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and we were uh, proposing to use the power or the heat generated to make electricity to obviously to power the the process, but to also create heat heat. Excuse me, for a hydroponics uh, installer, oh. so that they could actually generate food uh, within a environment in the Arctic from the heat wow. that's generated from processing their waste. Wow. So, there, there's lots of applications and, you know, the, the stories continue since then uh, with yeah. different companies. But, yeah, it's it's interesting when you really look at what you can do with right. waste rather than burying. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've been just fascinated with the concept for a long time, and I wanted to have this discussion today so that a lot more people can hear about it and think about it and maybe make some effort to, to explore it in their communities. Um, it's well, uh, again, Betsy, I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to uh, go through your podcast and, and be able to do this. It, it is something that's near and dear to my heart and my partners. You know, we really do want not only to make a successful business, but to have an impact on our global environment. You know, we, we are, we can be and are a solution to trying to reduce greenhouse gases for a very long time. And um, the, the uh, progress that we make, quite frankly, in the last few years, even with the pandemic, have been significant, both on the Good. industrial side and on the MSW side. Yeah. And we feel we're going to have the opportunity to, uh, to use this technology and um, use our patents that are now registered you know, in many, many places in, in, in the world. Uh, to help the the, the, the yeah. issue with climates, climate change and yeah. with greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel like the climate issue is urgent now. I, I don't think we have any oh, yeah. more time to 
piddle around about it. It's just I agree. get on it. I, I agree. I, I think uh, that that's our that's our concept as well. We we feel that uh, the sooner we can start, you know, processing waste through our system, uh, yeah. it, it's going to help the, the, the world very quickly. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I am going to post information about your organization, how people can contact you, et cetera, on the uh, podcast, the episode page, and people can post their comments and ask questions, but they'll also have uh, direct contact information for you. So I want to say to the listeners that we'd love to get a conversation going about this episode. Uh, It's just a really fascinating topic. So, you know, please, uh, you know, uh, reach out to us on exportstoriespodcast.com and uh, that you'll find this episode and past episodes as well. Um, This was just an amazing discussion, Vince. I'm really grateful that you took the time today to to speak with us. Well, thank you, Betsy. As I hopefully it it came across, I enjoy talking about it and uh, love our technology. And I do appreciate, again, you uh, allowing us to to start this. And I would be more than happy to participate in uh, additional discussions, uh, do another podcast, or I will respond to any questions that come up. And uh, thank you again. Oh, sure. Well, maybe one of these days we'll come up with a roundtable episode so uh, other people can ask questions and that kind of thing. So next next time I'm in Memphis, I'll make sure we get together. Sounds good. Well, it's good (laughs) to talk to you. And thanks to everyone for listening today. So we appreciate it. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to Export Stories. Perhaps you have a good export story that you would like to share with us or a comment about today's podcast. You can send your ideas and comments to our website at exportstoriespodcast.com or to Betsy Olam on LinkedIn. Subscribe to our newsletter at exportstoriespodcast.com so we can alert you of upcoming episodes and share resources with you. We're building a community of export storytellers, so please share this podcast with your friends who have interest in exporting. 